Listen, this might not be the best podcast you've ever heard, but we think that if you give it a listen, you might have an okay time. Perfect. Was that some Rage Against the Machine? Wait, no. <laughs> <laughs> There's a bug in there. Welcome to episode 17 of OK Time. Today we're talking about U.S. Maples, Acre Thrills, and Adele's 21, Steve's new favorite album. Ugh. Wait, so are you okay with um, the new release schedule? I, I didn't really tell you, but I'm, I shifted it to Monday versus Friday because then it gives me a few more days to edit. Yeah, I think that's great. And as we all know, like Monday mornings when you're trudging off to work through the piles of snow and despair, it helps to have friendly friends on a podcast talking at you. It sure does. But shout out to your cousin. Thank you for leaving that review. Oh, yeah. Um, Scott has uh, was supportive uh, of both bands that Ryan and I were in and would come to see us play. And now he seems to be supportive of the podcast, which is super cool. I think uh, his wife told me he wanted to talk about it at Thanksgiving, but we didn't get a chance. There's a lot of kids running around. Scott. We always appreciate fans of the Paz <laughs> of the podcast. You don't even know how to say podcast. I'm in the car right now recording because there's people in the house. We move into our house in a couple weeks. Uh, it's oh, cold. Oh yeah, that's coming here. up. Two weeks. Yep, Delaware, baby. I'm gonna become a long term guy. <laughs> I know. Only, only two terms. Two terms is the most for eight years. 30 years. Tell me something that's going on with you. I feel like I've been gabbing. Um, I don't know. Make sure it's safe for the pause. <laughs> uh, not too much going on. I've been um, just feeling pretty busy. Oh, um, the maintenance in my building cleaned my um, the filter on my heater this morning. Mm-hmm. And my heater works way better now. Like it was getting blocked by all the fuzz? I guess. It just didn't. I would run it at 85 and it would still be cold in here. I'm glad to hear that. It's kind of gross when you find out that shit, though. You're like, uh, don't tell me why it works. <sighs> right. I mean, I think <clears throat> I could probably research and figure out how to clean it myself. They, they said you have to take it out and then soak it in water. Well, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> why not? That sounds like a way to break it. I would break it doing that. Well, I'm just saying if if I learn how to do it, then I could clean it like, you know, four times a year or whatever. Yeah, but it could have been dirty from like several, several tenants ago. I think they cleaned it um, when I first moved in because the heat wasn't really working at all. And I called them and they never responded but it started working and it seemed like somebody had been in my apartment so i think they had they had to clean it then but they just never told me that that's what happened i've been meaning to tell you that i used to go into your apartment (laughs) and vape it did smell like french toast in here like a sad boy i know how you like those um breakfast uh flavored jewel pods (laughs) podcast a la mode when you said Jewel last episode, I didn't know what that was. And then I heard it 
when I listened to it and then I remembered what Jewel was. I only know because of like overhearing something. It's I have never partake partook partaken in the Jewel. But yeah, I was in your apartment. Didn't they? <laughs> isn't the Jewel like they went out of business or something? I saw some people talking about how they had to rush to the stores to buy out everything that was there, still there. Yeah, it's like Tickle Me almost the hot thing, I think. <laughs> uh and I think it's because they were trying to market their flavors to, as as really kid friendly sounding things like Sour Patch Kids or some shit, but really it's addictive nicotine things. So has it been banned? I don't know about that. Oh, I'm not. I don't follow all the vaping newsletters, but if you go to Sad Boy down on front, fascinating culture, vape heads. Agreed. Um, so you listen to U.S. Maple Acre Thrills, and I got into U.S. Maple in probably in college, uh, maybe right after. Um, you know, I like me some weird uh, art rock, and this stuff is super weird. Kind of sounds like Captain Beefheart if he was 40 years younger than he is. Um, and that record, the one I had you listen to came out in 01. I like all their stuff, but that one for some purple on time was the first one I got into, which came out in 03. Um, and then I went kind of backwards. Then I got into talker, which was 99 and Long hair in three stages, 95. So I kind of went from most current to uh, oldest in terms of how I got into it. And I just found it to be fascinating how it's so, sometimes it can feel like complete chaos and other times it feels so orchestrated that it's mind blowing that they're able to kind of combine this uh what can sound like improv but i don't think it actually could be i i don't know much about their writing and recording process but i suspect it's fairly um they're they're playing these compositions that they can play there's probably some room for noodling but i think for the most part like you know they could probably run through this this record and it's going to sound similar every time. And it's kind of, I feel the same way about Beefheart. Like the, the playing is so off the wall that it's hard to imagine writing these songs. And mm-hmm. um, obviously um, in, uh, the singer is notable. He has a really strange uh style that I find, um, exciting. So talk about, it's funny that Beefheart gets mentioned, uh, again and again, and I've, I've recognized that name, but I'm not familiar with the music, which I will need to go check out because they do seem to come up in the same conversation as I've done research on us maple more and more. Mm-hmm. So I'll, I'll probably try to dig into some of that before you assign it. Cause I think that could be something that happens too, but I, I want to check that out because it does seem like it's a different branch of the same family tree in some way. Mm -hmm. Um, 
the first thing I kind of thought, because my first listen is sometimes in the car. This time it was in the car. And there was a lot of noise. It was cold. It was I had to crank the heater. So I wasn't sure what to expect. I never am. So it comes on and I listened to the first probably four songs and I was like, what? What is happening? <laughs> I thought that you know, at the end of a song, like when a band plays live and they're the very, very end of a song when like the drums are just kind of playing the song out and the guitar is they're like turning the knobs up and like the volume up and down and playing really like quietly, like doing that kind of a thing. It's it's like that if if that sound lasted 30 minutes <laughs> and then somebody's going man, over it. But that was my that was my first reaction. OK, and as I thought more and more about it, it's me and my expectations about what I think a band should sound like, but that's not, that's that, that would be a very boring world if most of the band sounded like my expectation for how one might or should sound. So as I thought about more and more and I, as I read about it and they Wikipedia calls them like art noise rock, but I guess that's a good way to define that their sound it's just they're it's very chaotic yes but it's very strange and pretty unlike anything i've ever heard before but that doesn't mean it should sound or like meet my like kind of basic expectations of what a band at least at its core should sound like so as i listened to it and i thought about it from that perspective i i came to appreciate it more and more because they're really just like four weirdos with chicago accents when you hear them talk and um like doing their thing and it's it's pretty enjoyable to because I learned a lot about it and maybe hearing you introduce it some things that you didn't know about. So let me start with Al Johnson as a vocalist. Did you know that he was in High Fidelity? I did not. So do you recall in High Fidelity uh, a a customer that comes into the record store and is bothering Jack Black for a Beefheart record from France and import? Um. I don't recall that customer. I I remember spotting <clears throat> um there's a guy from uh Battles and Don Cab uh that's also like in the shopping. So um this completely makes sense to me, but I don't remember uh that moment. Yeah, I watched it. It's actually the clip is easily found on Al Johnson's website. <laughs> Uh, so take a look at that. That's amazing. How how is his website? Uh, more on that in a second. Okay, uh, it's about as great as you think it, okay. it might be. So yeah, it's funny in, in the shot. I guess I'd have to watch it again, but it, apparently he walks by a U.S. Maple poster, but he walks up to Jack Black and he's like, uh, "Hello, uh, Beefheart Record." And he's like, "Wait, just a minute, sir." Oh yeah, this sounds this sounds familiar. Yeah, I'm sure you would recognize it right away. But it's that I thought that was pretty hilarious because you know you wouldn't know unless you're just like trying to trying to research about it so yeah if i had to describe his vocal style it's like i don't know how familiar you are with harry potter probably not so much with any of the movies but it's like he's breathing all of his sounds and vocals are are coming with an exhale and he sounds almost <laughs> like <Vol> yeah. <laughs> he sounds like like voldemort before he takes human form like it really like a snake, snake humanoid creature that's like, ah, oh, <laughs> Jang, you're attractive. Oh. Uh, so that's something. There's something to be said about that. I, I guarantee you, if you played his vocals with 
10 other, 20 other vocalists, you would pick his voice and his sound out every time in a blind test. There's an, I don't think I've ever heard anything like that or anyone like him. What about um, maybe Joe Cocker if he uh, had a really bad um, throat, sore throat? Like if somebody smack, if somebody, you know what they do in the movie Misery, they cobble his legs. Is it cobbling? I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. The movie Misery, they like smash James Kahn's legs. And I feel like that's what would happen. Yeah, it's for anyone to make the noises that Al Johnson's making, you'd have to do that to your legs. <laughs> okay. And then because of the way he's singing it, and he, I think admittedly he says that it's hard to understand what he's saying sometimes. I don't think anyone would argue that. So as far as the lyrics goes, uh, go on this album, I couldn't really, besides that when he says the names of the songs, I couldn't understand a word, but that's part of it. And I, I I really thought that was hilarious too. Their song titles are maybe the like top three best bands for song titles. Yeah, I would, I I would give them that credit. Yes. Um, and so I don't know if you knew this also, but there was a 30 minute documentary about the making of this record. Oh no. Is it available? Did you watch it? Yeah, I did. It's on YouTube. Oh, great. I'll send it to you. It's uh, it's pretty funny. So if this guy made it the same time there, as far as I know, there's no other like videos about the making of any of their other albums. So I, for, for a second thought that you assigned this because of that extra like piece of content to go along with it, I did. which I think. Yeah, so that's that's great. And it, honestly, unlike any other assignment I've had, because I have had this other insight into the band and their recording process and their creative process, and because of that, I found out the way Al Johnson writes his lyrics out. Like he wrote his lyrics out twice, once for himself, so he could remember where he was at and read them clearly as he was singing. But he also gave it to the the engineer, so he knew at what point he was going to come in to each song so he could be more organized and he typed it out on a typewriter and I thought that was really thoughtful <laughs> of him and also super weird and like an extra step that he didn't need to take but the way he over the lyrics he he has almost like music notes without the the staff um and they're round and with they're not colored in and when they're not colored in it means he knows to sing like with an open throat where it's like more clear like yeah, but when it's colored in like almost like a period but bigger that's when he does like the raspier closed throated noises so wow hearing him and watching him describe that process and the way he does that in the video and the documentary was really really funny um does he have a sense of humor about how weird his singing is I think so. Yeah. They're all, cause the way he described it to the, like doing that so he could give it to the sound engineer was to help him. Cause he's like, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to get and understand. Cause would they, um, have, did he do that so that they could adjust the mic levels? Um, they didn't get into that as much, oh, okay. but I think it was all to benefit the, the sound engineer. But so the documentary starts there in somewhere in Minnesota, um, starts off with one of the guitarists talking about how he's come up with a good idea for an intro and just gets weird. Like, and then Al Johnson's like, Oh, this river they're like next to a river. He's like, Holy, I'd really like to go over there and start fishing for some trout. There's probably big ones in there. And that's like a <laughs> recurring joke that comes up. So like you, you really get a sense of their weirdness. Um, I feel like I, so I listened to it a couple times through before watching this. And then I definitely feel like I better understand them 
their writing style, them as a band playing together, et cetera. Um, so I recommend, I'll, I'll send you a link, but just yeah. a note on, on the quality. It was, I don't, it looks like it was recorded on a razor phone, <laughs> all, like then buried under a small pond for several years. And then they dug up that phone, texted it to another slightly newer razor phone emailed it back to the first person and then finally uploaded it to YouTube because it's, you know how like high definition is 1080p or 4K or even 720p? PP5 one doo-doo. This is uploaded in 144p, which is like the lowest quality that YouTube <laughs> allows. So it's like you cannot really see detail on anyone's faces. So it's really hard because the documentary will introduce each member like with text and you're supposed to discern <laughs> who's talking by their voice, but you can't really see who's talking, but it's, it's still really good. Um, I wonder if it was on filmed on a phone. Was it old enough that it it would have been pre uh, cell phone video? Probably, yeah, it had to have been because oh one. Oh, and ne- yeah. Nextels didn't have video so that, capability. That was probably like uh, videotape, I guess, right? But it just maybe it had been dubbed a bunch or something. Yeah, it must have been videotape. But it again, like really cool to see how each like band member all of their weird tidbits come out and shine like a diamond but like al going into the studio and going over lines and because they're they're not recording it live they're all in different areas of the studio it's like a big complex with a pool Mm. and shit but like you hear them each go through and work with the engineer and go over their process and it's it's really insightful and you really get a uh like a more detailed look at how methodical Al and like the rest of the band members are just as they approach their individual processes. Um, Where was the studio? It's somewhere in Minnesota. It says it at the Mm -hmm. beginning, but the best YouTube comment I saw was (laughs) unbelievable. Excellent production, excellent editing, really insightful into the entire U.S. Maple experience. But I found that to be super sarcastic because it's like 144p. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then there's like... 18 minutes in, they do like an MTV crib style, like overview of the complex. And then they go to Hardee's to get burgers. And then they accidentally go to this auction where their people are bidding on hay, uh, stacks of hay. And they they point out one, they're like, that's a nice stack of hay. And he's like, oh, I think you accidentally bid on that. And then later you find out, later you find out that he did bid on it. And there's like flies and shit on it when it gets delivered. The hay gets delivered to the studio. Yeah, it's like all of a sudden in, in a shot and it's delivered. But like the editing is not good. It just like goes, it blacks out all of a sudden to the next scene and it's really low quality and then it's just over. But great production. Yeah, it's cool. It looks like a fun place to record. It reminded me how fun it is to record music and it just makes you want to do it. So in that sense, it's it's cool. I also found out that the guitarist Todd Rittman, I think is how you say his last name. He was also in Cheer Accident. Did you know that? I did. I figured, mm-hmm. but you didn't, you didn't, he didn't play at your house or anything. So that's good. As far as I know. Oh, okay. Back to Al Johnson. Mm-hmm. This is, this is his website. Okay. The about us, the about section of his website. My name is Alan S. Johnson. I am a creative force having traveled the world, performing, acting, and writing for more than a decade. It is my personal belief that one should live and experience the arts as a working artist if one is to truly communicate, critique, and interpret the artist with any degree of certitude, I am that person. <laughs> <laughs> and if you want to follow him on Twitter, his only social media link available, it's at Decent Al. All one word. At Decent Al. 
He hasn't tweeted since 2014, so keep that in mind if you give him a follow. I'm excited about looking at his website, though. Oh, yeah. that it's It looks like it was built maybe in 99. Love it. Uh, but So I think you should enjoy it. Um, I, what I've enjoyed about this podcast is, one, being able to get exposed to all these different bands and artists that I just probably would never have found on my own. So thank you for that. But also listening intently without all their other distractions and just listening to an album all the way through. And then you really get a better sense of um, who the band or artist was. So in that way, I enjoyed it. Um, here's my haiku. My message is sent echoes in a Hardy's cup. Now I'm a snake boy. <laughs> uh, I would like to listen to other albums, but if I'm going by, Sarah's new rating system, I would say this was a good album and I enjoyed it. I would listen to it again. So I'm going to give it three bugs in there. Sweet. Started a little shaky for me, but I gradually got into it and I must implore you to watch the very, very low quality documentary that is accompanying. There's this no, no way I'm not going to watch that. I'll send you the link right now. Okay. I'll watch it right now. Can you wait? Uh, well, I'll probably die in this car if you watch it right now. <laughs> okay, I can wait then. I feel like I talked for very long, but it's all just great stuff. I mean, yeah, it was gold. I mean, especially because I think your next review might be shorter than I thought. <laughs> so when I assigned you Adele last week, Right away, you were you were pissed off because you thought I was talking about Megan Trainer, which I had never even listened to. But I found that out after you complained for so long about how you didn't want to hear the one song by Megan Trainer. And as I was editing the episode, it made me laugh because you really got upset, and you were so upset that I was like, "Oh man, I better give him something else." But then, like you 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 calmed down. And you're like, "No, I'll listen to it." And going into it, I don't I don't think I didn't think that. Here's my perspective. Like I I appreciate Adele because like it's yes it's pop music and like a lot of it's like written to be that way and to be very catchy and appeal to the masses but she unlike many of her contemporaries has a very very strong raw natural ability to sing well and doesn't need all these effects and auto-tune and whatnot so like when you see her perform at some sort of award show and she's just playing with a piano it's just her singing she's not trying to lip sync or do anything that um would require her to use any of these like alien tools to make her sound good. So that's mm -hmm. what I appreciate about her. I like several songs on 21. I don't love all of them. I've never seen Adele. I appreciate her ability as a vocalist. Um, so I have no idea what your reaction was, but I feel strongly about what I think it might be. So take it away. Uh, yeah. So I was, I was not excited about this assignment and I did something that I hadn't done before. And that was, um, I worked on it the very next day after you assigned it to me because I didn't want it hanging over my head for the rest <laughs> of the week. <laughs> so I was like, I got to get this over with. Just lit. All I have to do is listen to it once and write some stuff and then it'll be over. So uh, this was the initial... Um, there's sort of a part one and part two. This is part one. This was listening to it the day after you assigned it and this is what I wrote. So the cover 
um, black and white photo of some white lady. <laughs> Thoughts. Uh, this is going to be pretty abstract, so bear with me. 11 songs spanning 48 minutes. How many times do I have to unsubscribe from this promotional email list? I'm certain I didn't sign up in the first place. The Chrysler 300 has a premium sound system, which includes 10 speakers, a trunk-mounted dual-voice coil subwoofer, and a 12-channel 552-watt amplifier. I sure do hate advertising a lot for someone who works in a marketing department. This album is why I hate Christmas, football, and Panera. <laughs> Since when does Muzak have vocals? I miss the old Muzak. <laughs> Remember last week when you had me listen to that Warpaint record? That was pretty cool. <laughs> One time I was in line at the grocery store. There was an assortment of impulse buy magnets by the register. Most of them were dumb, but there was one that I thought was pretty funny. It said, not to brag, but I can forget what I'm doing while I'm doing it. Sometimes <laughs> I think about that funny magnet. And then I, so that was last week. And, oh, last week I also wrote, uh, Spotify was nice enough to set aside a handful of artists that I'll also hate. Uh, on that list was Kelly Clarkson, Jesse J, Christina Perry, Pink, Paloma Faith, and Jason M. Raz. How do you say that? Jason Raz. <laughs> and uh, I, last week I also wrote a haiku, and it goes There's a sale on gloves. Buy the left and get the right just while supplies last. Um, and then over the week, like I, I talked to Megan about this and she loves Adele. And so she was kind of uh, defending uh, her music and this record. And I listened to just at, more out of curiosity than anything else. I listened to it uh, like half a half time two days ago. And I noticed that I was like, I don't hate this as much. Like I, I want it to be over, but it's not uh, making me mad anymore. And then <laughs> <laughs> I listened to it uh, today and uh, even I hated it even less. And um, there were some things that I actually uh, found interesting Um a few three songs I would say out of 11 that I found something to uh, appreciate don't remember you uh, the chorus there's like a just an unexpected note in the chorus on the word heaviness oh yeah it goes um, down yeah um, rumor has it I, I thought the backup vocals were cool in that song um, and I'll be waiting I couldn't put my finger on what about the chorus that I, I liked but it it was just, I don't know, something it's catchy. They're all, ca I mean, most of them are catchy, of course. Um, but I have a section that I wrote today called actual thoughts on Adele's 21. Wait, 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 sorry. Am I adding those or are those? Oh no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> I am adding a song, uh, but not, not an Ad Adele song. I want to add, uh, so she does a cure cover. Um, which I think is horrible. And 
it's not even a great cure song. I mean, it's decent, but, uh, I got into the cures record pornography a few years ago. And I think that record's great. And I want to add the song 100 years. Um, Wait, so this is the first time we're not adding any songs from the record? No, <laughs> I don't want any of these songs on that mix. <laughs> You're just adding a Kira song? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's best. It's best then that you stop listening to this record because then like a few more listens, you'd have been at a front row concert. <laughs> uh, so then, So then actual thoughts on Adele's 21. On three to four listens, I can see its appeal. But overall, it's just not interesting to me. It's dentist waiting room music. It's a song in a buddy cop movie. It's a department store TV commercial. It's sound makes my skin crawl. But the rating might surprise you. I had to reflect uh, long and hard on this for three to four minutes. And um, I decided I decided it. I can't give it a initially I was like zero all the way and almost excited. Cause I'm like, a zero is going to be so rare and let's get it out of the way. But if I'm being honest, I can't, that, that wasn't appropriate. A one wasn't even appropriate because I can't, I can't say I hated the, the album. And if you recall, one requires me to walk across hot coals to turn it off. Uh, if it was on a record player, mm-hmm. that's not, that doesn't quite fit. So I'm going to give it a two. I didn't really connect with this album. I'm not sure if I'll listen again. I'm sure I won't put it on voluntarily, but let's say because Megan likes it, let's say we were like going somewhere and she was like, oh man, I just really want to hear that Adele record. I wouldn't turn it off. And I might even, I might even like remember fondly my uh, experimental week with Adele, which was this week. Listen, man, I I just wanted you to at least be able to appreciate it enough where you didn't give it a zero because I I just like you can't hate on her vocal ability, even though your reaction was (laughs) dentist waiting room for a lot of it. That's all I (laughs) wanted. Yeah, I figured. I figured you'd be okay with a two. Totally. Oh, uh, we can, we can include this or not include this, but I also found some clickbait about Adele, which was an article called 10 crazy things you didn't know about Adele. None of these things were crazy at all. Um, (laughs) but I picked, I picked the four best ones. She has a hidden tattoo. Crazy, right? That's crazy. Shut up. One of her biggest inspirations is the Spice Girls. Oh. Not crazy at all. That makes perfect sense. She keeps her Oscar in her bedroom, but her other awards can be found by her toilet. Oh. That's gross. That's crazy. And you get poop particles in there. And the last not crazy, crazy thing you didn't know about Adele, her management keeps her from drunk tweeting. Yeah. That's crazy. I can't believe it. <laughs> believe it. Songs of the week is tripping me up because I want to add a song from the record I'm going to assign you, but I don't. But I really don't. 
Don't wait till next week. Yeah, you go first and I'll, I'll figure it out. So I'm going to add my favorite Queen song because it would like it doesn't matter what time I hear it or when I hear it. It always puts me in a better mood. And it's from an album that I got, Sarah. It's from the album, the jazz album. Oh, called jazz you've heard it don't stop me now it's it's always the right time to play it and i wanted it on this mix so that when i shuffle through it which by the way both of these po- these playlists uh, are great to listen to i have a great time going through them it reminds me of how long we've been doing this now and it's it's awesome so don't stop me now by queen off of jazz i uh i agree i think i have fun listening to uh both mixes i'm gonna add a a y song because he's playing tonight in philly and i'm i was thinking for like months i've been thinking about going but thursdays aren't a good day for me to see shows really because uh because i'm at work all day and isabel's home and then uh i have to go to refuge and then so Izzy's is too much crate time, but there's a Y show right now happening. He's probably on, maybe is going on. And uh, I'm going to add January 20 something, as, which is a song from 2009's Eskimo Snow. And it's a good one. What about next week? I was just saying, do you think there will be a next week? I mean, climate change and... Uh, but for next week, because I think, you know, now that you didn't give it a zero, the podcast goes on. So thank you. What, it, what am I... Uh, help me out here. What Make, what am I, make my week less <laughs> tortured. Okay. So I'll, I'll do mine first. So are you familiar with the, the what's called the desert sessions? Um, isn't there... Uh, is there Queens? Yes. There's members of Queens, that whole circle from like Joshua tree, um, the high desert out there, various members of the community that have been in different bands. Some, some in Queens, like Alan Johannes, who often plays with Queens. Um, Fred Drake was this guy that ran this place called the Rancho de la Luna. It's where they recorded all of this out in the desert. They would get together every so often. PJ Harvey shows up. Um, oh, that sounds cool. And so many other people, but they get together like every few, three f- few years. And the, I think the last one came out in 2003 or something, but they would just like do this and that or whatever and hang out and record. So there'd be like five albums to a volume, but that like, if you go and listen to the volumes, they put out the CD art album as like volumes one and two, three and four, five and six, seven and eight, nine and 10. But, um, and they haven't done any since, but the only one that's on Spotify available to assign you is volumes nine and 10 desert sessions. So check that out. Cool. What about for me? (laughs) Oh, I thought we already did that. Um, I just last weekend found this record that came out in 2018 that I'm really excited about. Um, Mitski. <laughs> no, it's uh, by a woman named Miranda Winters. And she is, I knew of her, maybe not by name though, because um, she's in a band called Milk Belly. That's super good and put out a record in 2017, I think. Um, but this stuff is they almost sound like sketches of songs. They're very stripped down. There's like no percussion, but it's all, um, or mostly electric guitar, bass, 
there might be some other weird stuff mixed in there, but um, she sounds a lot like uh, Kim and Kelly Deal. So it's great. I love it. I listen to it one to two times a day now. And the record is called uh, Zobeki, What Grows Here? Wait, so is it Milk Belly or is it Miranda Winters? Uh, it's Miranda Winters. Okay, so the artist... It's a solo record. Zobeki, What Grows Here by Miranda Winters? Yeah. Cool, thanks you. Thank you. <laughs> no thanks you. Thanks for joining us for episode, was it 17? 17. Uh, we are produced by Sarah Taylor Cummings and our intro and the outro music is uh, the Hokkaido Concern. Uh, I'm Steve Ellis. My co-host is Carl Grashit. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Harefort on Instagram. Carl is on all of them. Carl Grashit. C-A-R-L-G-R-A-T-I-O-T. Love it. Uh, if you want to leave us a five-star review, you're welcome to do that. Trendy Fred did, and he may be um, receiving a package in the mail of some sort. I don't know what it'll be, but it'll be fun. And okay, bye. It's mostly kisses. Did I forget anything? No, I think you did a great job. Thank you. Was it fast enough? Yeah. We could do it again. No, my I can't feel my hands anymore. <laughs>